This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. How in the world are you? Welcome to the broadcast. Appreciate you coming along for the ride today. If you'd like to participate, you can do that by dialing on your phone, 1-888-900-3393. You can follow me on my Twitter account, at JeffyMRA. You can follow me on my Facebook account, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on my Instagram account, at JeffyMRA. You can follow me on my Snapchat account. If you know what the handle is, let me know. I can't remember what my side. I know I have a Snapchat account because my children play with it all the time. <laughs> look, Dad, look at this filter. Uh-huh, give me my phone back. But I don't. I think it's at Jeffy MRA, actually. I think it is Jeffy MRA at Snapchat. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I'll check the app during the break. Um, I don't, I mean, come on with the Snapchat. I mean, it's just the filters, right? You're just putting horns on everybody's head and ha, 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 ha. Right? Right? So it's been a busy week. I really don't know where to head. I've got, I've got a, a, a few fantastic stories that um, I'll, I'll give you an update on the automobile uh, that we talked about last week. Um, I'll give you uh, an update on the, uh, this NFL. I, I, I think I teased it last week. And it was just a, it's a fascinating story about where the NFL is kind of headed and how they're getting beat up for their use of painkillers and drugs and and uh, uh, how they, you know, cross the... It's just fascinating. And, and what's what's going to happen eventually is they're just going to shut the NFL down. And if that's what they want, God bless you. But I don't think you really do want that. I don't think you really do, but we'll see. And we had a busy week in politics. I mean, I don't even... We want to go there. I mean, there was a couple of cool things. The Trump with the, is it Angela? Is it Angie? Is it Angela? Is it Anja? Is it, what? what is it? Merkel from Germany. I mean, really, seriously, is it A? Is it Ange? Does Trump call her Ange? You know Trump calls her Ange. You know he does. Ange. Come here, we got a photo op. You know he does. You know he does. So they're, they're sitting there in the whatever room they're sitting in. 
for their photo op, and he will not even barely look at her. Then the uh, all the, the photographers and the other press are, shake hands, shake hands, and he's ignoring them. He won't say anything. And you see, you see Ange. I think they want us to have a handshake. And Trump's like, huh. I'll get a good shot, send it back to Germany, make us look good. And then you hear the photographers and all the press, handshake, handshake, what a handshake. Not a chance. Trump won't even look at her. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. I'm kind of, kind of embarrassed for her because she's like, dude, we just shake my hand. You know, we're just sitting here, shake the hand for the photo op like we do all the time. No way. He's a, <clears throat> he's a fine president of the United States, and he's representing this country great, and he's going to make America great again. No question about it. I'm I'm just in in love with him. And we've got he's got his uh, he brought, brought brought out a whole mess of people that were all full of no's that are now yeses, but it's still not enough, Don. Still not enough. These are all the no's that are now yeses for uh, my health care plan. Gonna get it passed on? Oh yeah, we're gonna make America great again. I just heard a clip from his weekend radio show. It's really good. It's really good. He's he's the best. One thing that he did that did happen this week though that was actually really good, and it made me smile and made me and it made me happy. And this is one of the things that you like about President Trump, right? Is that uh, you know he doesn't believe in a lot of things that, you know, you really shouldn't believe in, which is good. Now, he believes in a lot of things that you really shouldn't believe in, too, which is a big problem. I'm not quite sure which road I I like. But when he does something that you really like, he makes you feel good about it. And that's why he's where he's at, because he's done, you know, he does stuff you don't like, and you go, yeah, but. Okay, sure, yeah, but then there's this. And so his budget director, America's first budget, you know, the skinny budget that was just put out. Uh, Mick Mulvaney was at the press conference, the one of the daily press briefings, and he was talking about it. He was questioned about the cuts in science and climate change. Let's deal with, the, let's deal with the, them separately. Um, on science, we're going to function... We're going to focus on the core function. Um, there's reductions, for example, I think, in the uh, in the NIH, National Institutes for Health. Why? Um, thank you. Um, why? Um, because we think there's been mission creep. We think they do things that are outside their core functions. We think there's tremendous opportunity for savings. We recommend, for example, that a couple of facilities be combined, and there'd be cost savings from that. Again, this, this comes back to the president's business person view See? of government, which is if you took over this as a CEO and you look at this on a spreadsheet and go, why do we have all of these facilities? When, why do we have seven when we can do the same job with three? Won't that save money? And the answer is yes. So part of your answer is focusing on efficiencies and focusing on doing what we do better regarding the question as to climate change i think the president was fairly straightforward that we're not spending money on that anymore we consider that to be a waste of your money to go out and do that so that is a specific tie to his uh, to his campaign nice and see that's when you it warms warms your heart warms your heart when you hear that and then you know he does something that doesn't warm your heart and you think So it's a good thing. He's going to make America great again, right? Now, I heard uh, earlier um, 
and yeah. the host that uh, comes on prior to this broadcast, uh, the pregame show, Michael Pelka, uh, who is now doing, uh, what's he doing for us now? He's on the air. So he's on the air more than me now. He's on uh, 11 to 2, Monday through Friday, no, noon to 3 Eastern, right? Noon to 3 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. And then we do a replay of him 7 to 10 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. My God, what are we doing? Anyway, he, uh, (laughs) because Buck Sexton, of course, moved to the Premier Radio Networks and Buck is on for us, uh, 10 to 1 Eastern, uh, which you can hear on the Blaze Radio Network. So, I mean, Apelka is just filling in. We're, uh, he'll be back to his regular live spot when uh, the actual Buck Sexton replacement happens. Don't get me started. I don't even want to. See, you, you're you going to make me walk down this line, and this is going to get me in trouble, so I'm not going to go there with you. Okay, just know I'm just telling you what the schedule is now. Okay? You doc? Glenn? Mike? Chris? Pat and Stu, Mike Replay, Buck Sexton Live, or Buck Sexton New, daily, from 10 to 1. And then we give you Glenn Replay again, Pat and Stu Replay again, you're back to Doc again. That's your Monday through Friday, 24-7, okay? Well, 24-5, 6, something like that. 24-6. <laughs> Sunday's a little different. Want me to go into that schedule for you, too? No, I won't. So, a lot's going on. A lot's happening. And I can't, you know, the car thing, I could go into that. Okay, so we'll give you the update on the car. Because last it's been, you know, last week was, I kicked it off with it. Might as well let you know where it stands. So, I, I decide that if they call me back, I'm going to keep the car. All right, so, I send an email and I tag... Everyone that I dealt with, because I, I, well, I, wh- whenever I dealt with anybody at the car dealership, I took one of their little business cards, just stuck it in my pocket, and it was in the envelope. So I just tagged them all with their email, and then I tagged the general, mo- the general manager. I sent the general manager, he was all by himself, and then I tagged everybody else. So I got an email back from the GM that said, hey, I'm out, I'm out of town. Um, here's two people that, you know, you need to email if you need help. I resent the email and tagged them. I had them at the front with everyone else retagged again, including the GM. And so, um, miraculously, one of those people called me. Hmm. It was I thought it was a fairly nice email. I wasn't being too angry. I was just explaining the issue. And I, you know, I reminded them that I was still in my five day window of just returning this thing and throwing it in their lap. And uh, I couldn't quite understand a couple of things. And they were kind enough to call me back. I, uh, it's my understand. They called me back uh, the, the morning of the fifth day. Huh. Uh, that worked out. So uh, anyway, I talked to him. And um, my understanding is, all right, and I, and I decided if they call me back, I'm keeping the car. Right, I'll keep the car. Because I figure that they want to get the you know the issue resolved of the steering shaft. I can't think what the stupid thing is now. 
It's the steering shaft intermediate coupler. That's what it is. And so, plus, oh, I found something else out too. So I found something else. Plus, as I'm in the car, I'm sitting and I look down and I think, I remember for a fact looking at this car with my wife and seeing that they still had an ashtray and a cigarette lighter. And I remember, because we t- joked about it. We said, boy, that's a, you know, that you don't, you're not getting those. Those are gone now, right? But it's, there's an ashtray and a cigarette lighter. The cigarette lighter is missing. What the hell? Is that a safety feature now, too? Does the cleaning crew, you know, the... The, hey, we make the car look brand new when it really isn't. Uh, make the car look brand new and we detail it and they do, a, really, they do a great job. Um, but And they take the cigarette lighter? Is that the safety feature as well? So, anyway. And the, the uh, whatever the, the general manager's helper. I'm sure he'll appreciate that title. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember his title, but uh, it was at the you know the car dealership, AutoNation, and um, he said that uh, he wanted to, you know the general manager's. I uh, sent me an email because uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I, the first call he called uh, when you know what I missed it went right to voicemail. <laughs> Man, if, uh, if I'd only seen the call come in. And uh, so then he sent me an email after that, and he said that, you know, we needed to touch base. And he was really, really nice. And, and uh, you know, get the when I talked to him, uh, when I personally talked to him, he said, well, you know, when the plates come in, because I've got the paper plates, because heaven forbid you get to transfer plates in Texas. Well, there's no state income tax, but we got to nail you for every inch of something new. Did I say that out loud? And uh, so when you get a, any kind of new car, you got to get new plates. There's no transferring. There's none of that. The old plates get thrown in the trash. I guess it keeps the inmates working and, you know, it keeps you from not having to pay state income tax. Okay. And so I'm waiting for the new plates to come in. And he said, when the new plates come in, find me, come in, we'll get this thing worked out. So it's still not fixed. All right. It's still not fixed. It still is the annoying noise that it makes. Other than that, it's been. Great. You know, other than an annoying noise, that's not a safety issue, but probably is. And other than uh, my cigarette lighter missing, you smoke in the car, Jeff? No. You would you ever use? I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever use it, but it should be there. And another thing that I didn't complain about that I'm complaining about to you. Okay. I went out of my way to bring back both sets of keys to my trade-in, which is probably going to get put in a trash compactor anyway. I drove that other car into the ground. Both two sets of keys. So I go, when I pick up the car, he hands me one key with the, you know, with the key fob and uh, one key. I'm like, um, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Second key, okay? Gonna be an extra key hanging in the garage? Oh, you know, uh, we got to, sometimes they don't bring two back. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we, I don't know, make one. Make one. Because the, the sales guy looks at it and he goes, oh, that's one of those cheaper ones. You can get those pretty good price. Yeah, go get one. 
Anyway, so when it gets fixed or when I, when a new information comes, I'll let you know. But the people at AutoNation right now, uh, I'm not I'm not mad at them. They've done what they're supposed to do. They they came through. They 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 answered me in a timely fashion. They talked to me. They were very polite, very nice. Wanted to get the situation resolved. We'll see if the follow through actually happens. I hope it does. I want to continue to do business with them. As a matter of fact, there's no reason why they shouldn't advertise on this broadcast. Because <laughs> they're going to get some free advertising whether they want it or not. And I, I want it to be for the best. Corrado Nation. Uh, the franchise uh, here in the Fort Worth Metroplex. Um Something else in that stupid car, too, that really ticked me off, but now I can't remember what it was. Didn't have anything to do with it. What was it? Oh, you know, the detailing people, they don't make enough money. They make those cars look so good. And then after a couple of days, you start going, hey, wait a minute. I didn't see that dent. Hey, wait a minute. When did that crack happen? I don't know what they do, but you don't pay the detailing people enough money. Because when you look at it and it's just parked, oh, look at that. There's nothing wrong with it. A couple days after detailing, ooh, man. Maybe I should just get it detailed every other day. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The Jeff Fisher Show. You know, I used to work for a guy. I've got a couple of minutes here before the bottom of the hour break here in the first hour. And I used to work for a guy that uh, used to, uh, you know, when he'd get mad at people uh, and get tired of talking to, to people uh, that were listening to the radio station, he would just open the newspaper and smoke a cigarette, turn his mic up real loud so you'd hear the newspaper move around, you'd hear him pop his Zippo and smoke. (sighs) And you'd hear, I'm not talking to them right now. They've made me mad. And people would get so mad. And, And you as a listener knows, just want you to know that. 
He was just yanking your chain. There's no reason for you to get mad. He was just, he wanted you to get mad, so he'd call and fight with him. And it worked. So great. He was a mean, nasty. And I loved him. (laughs) And those of you that are old school radio listeners, you know who he is. Bob Lasseter, old grouch. Love the dingleberry grouch old man. I would like to talk to him now about the things going on in the world because he would have a very, very different side road thoughts on what's happening in the world right now. And speaking of what's happening in the world, I'm concerned. Um, North Korea. Oh, man, am I worried about North Korea. You know, I'm not really. I'm not. Um, They can do whatever they want, and we can blow them off the planet Earth, and I'm pretty much okay with that. Uh, We just blew up North Korea. Darn. Uh, Time's lunch. I mean, I'm not. North Korea is China's problem, first of all. I don't know why, where the heck we're all worried about them. Because, well, he said he's going to bomb us. He's going to bomb us. No, he's not. No, he's not. That crazy little Kim Jong swing swum, whatever he is. He just wants money and a little bit of power. He's. No, it's okay. And Tillerson knows. Uh, no, uh, we'll blow you up before you even come close to getting to us. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show is on. What is a lost art in America? Being mean to customers and still have the customers. I, you know, the wheeling and dealing and the the bartering with the old guys, you know, for merchandise. And that's a lost art. That's, I used to love going to those stores when I was, when I was younger and broke. (laughs) Kerr. I am now. Uh, I used to love going to those stupid stores and bartering for stuff with those old men. It was so much fun. And there's now that they don't exist anymore. Everybody thinks whatever they have. Um, do we, I, I know you have twenty five dollars on this, but it's really only worth about ten. And I've got five. So how about I give you five? Twenty five. That's what it is. If you're not going to pay a get out, I mean, a little wheeling and dealing, bartering something. Tell me ten. Tell me fifteen. Something. And then the old ladies at some of the thrift stores who used to be able to. If you went in with cash, you always had to pay what was on the ticket, okay? But when you were broke, cur, you'd go in with a pocket full of change, and you'd pay with change, so the old ladies would feel sorry for you. You'd buy some new shirts, you know, and some stuff for, you know, for clubbing. <laughs> Night out on the town, you know, a little Goodwill partying, partying outfit. And now you'd, how much is it? She'd start ringing that. Ring it up the shirts and you pull out the pocket full of cash and throw the coins on the counter. Oh, you can this and she'd throw in a couple shirts. You wouldn't even ring up two or three of the shirts, you know, because you're paying with change. You don't get those days back. Today's world is like, is that all you got? 
You're not getting those three shirts. You don't have enough for those three shirts. Anyway, I, I have no idea why I'm what I'm rambling about. Seriously, I don't. I, I don't. I don't even know what brought it on, except that I wanted to. I was remembering some guy that used to sell me stuff at a thrift junk store, and uh, he would always he would barter and stuff. But some stuff, there were a couple of things that I really wanted from him that he wouldn't barter on. I think he knew I really wanted them, so he wasn't going to barter with me. That's what it says on it. No, but I really, you know, come on. It's too much. I can't afford I, Let me work something out. Go make some more money. That's what I do. I know, but maybe if I come back, you know, it'll be gone. Why can't, you know, all I've got right now is this. Maybe we can work something out. That's a real shame. You ought to try to see if there's something else back there for you. I mean, he was such a bastard. And I loved him. He'd sit back there behind his counter up there and smoke his cigarettes, and his wife would bring him lunch, and then she'd be running around the store. And a big, big piece of property, you know, building with stuff everywhere. And he knew. I mean, he had like a laser. It's in the back corner, third counter down. You stupid. I mean, he was great. But <laughs> those guys are long gone, man. Just uh, buying buying uh, uh, lots of houses from people that are dying and you just go and you buy it all and you take what you want and sell it. Um, just buy estates and sell them. I mean, I, I know they exist and people still do it, but I you don't see the... Apparently, those types of stores don't fit well in the neighborhoods with nice houses. I know. I, don't look at me. I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. But apparently, the HOAs are like, no, no, you can't. You can't have those stone statues sitting out in front of your house with for sale signs on them from Millie's house downtown. No, can't have that. And uh, no, um, the 18 water fountains that you've got out front, you can't have those there either, baby. The HOAs, not, we're, not, we're not doing that. But he, then he had this room with like fireplace mantles and pictures. And I was so, he had some really cool stuff. And I, and I just, and I liked messing with him too. Because he would barter with some stuff. You, I mean, there was a, and there was a guy who used to be in downtown St. Petersburg that was great. I mean, he would barter always. I mean, he would start out. It was kind of like I remember going uh, when the first time that uh, Glenn Beck and myself went to Israel. We went to the Middle East, and you go to the old uh, old town Jerusalem, and those guys all barter, and they start out high and go low. And like, if you are willing to pay what they originally give you as a price then they're going to charge you more it's like uh well how much uh how much for this oh that right there uh, it's a dollar oh okay oh wait did, did, and you're like okay and they look at it and they go oh wait did you you meant this right here yeah no that's dollar 50 because you're already they already got you for on the hook for what you want so you got to wheel it you mean you got to barter how much is this uh, that's a dollar you know I, I give you 50 cents Fifty cents. I've already. I've spent two dollars on this thing. I'm taking a loss selling it to you for a dollar. And you know, you walk out of there with eighty cents or something. But I mean, it's the barter. It's, it's so much. There. And that's a lost art. I, I love it. I love bartering with those guys like that. And most people in today's world, if you just joke around about them, they look at you like, "What are you talking about?" And the cashiers at the grocery stores forget about it. Ring it up. Ding. And it doesn't ring up. So I'll give you I'll give you a buck. 
Oh, I can't do that. Um, I need to call my manager. Here's I just ring up a dollar and put it in the bag. It's not that hard. I know, but I have to call my manager. You know, by the time you're done screwing with him, you've already wasted. Well, it's not wasted my time because I'm having fun doing it. But you've wasted their time, and the people in line are, you know, they're getting a little frustrated at you because <laughs> the guy's going, "You know, you're not getting it for a buck, right? <laughs> you know that, right?" I gotta go. Okay, let's get we move it along. <laughs> I know, but I might get it for a buck. I just ring it up for a dollar. Some of the old ladies will. I mean, I mean, some of the elderly employees that are cashiers, they will. They'll look at it and it won't ring up. Ding, and I think it was a buck. Okay. And in the bag it goes. I, the, go, good, good. Now, you know, the younger ones, if you say, uh, I think it was buy, I think those were free today. I don't think so. I have to check. Okay. You know, at least the elderly ones. Like, I think those are free today. Yeah, not these. Not this brand. You know, at least they play along a little bit. You get something out of it. Anyway, who knows? I just miss I missed the bartering is fun. The bartering is fun. It makes it, it makes it worthwhile where you go back and forth with a few people. And there were a couple of people that I remember that were great at it. And they were that I dealt with and they were also great to make you think that they were, you were, you were robbing them. I mean, they were, Oh, I mean, I can't even believe I'm thinking about selling it to you at that price right now. Okay. My children are going to starve because I'm selling you this for $10. I mean, that's how they, I mean, it's great. It's great. And everybody walks away happy, right? You get something you want. They get a price they're happy with. We smile and we walk away and everybody's happy. And you had and you had spent a few minutes haggling back and forth and having fun. Come on now. Now I know that many people are like, I just want to go in the line. I want it to ring up twenty five cents and I want to get out the store. I don't want to deal with any other human beings ever. I don't want to talk to other people. I don't want to know other people. In fact, what I'd like to do is walk in and not talk to anyone, not have to do anything, put it in my shopping cart and walk out, you know, like the Amazon stores do, so I don't have to deal with anyone, okay, because I hate people. Well, okay. If you're that kind of person, then God bless you. Okay. But I, I, I don't mind. And I know we've covered this ground before, but I'm kind of okay with human interaction once in a while. I know. I know. Call me, uh, call me crazy. But I'm okay with human interaction, and you can quote me on that. All right? All right. Can we actually maybe, t- we'll take a break, and we'll actually start doing some. <laughs> Some kind of broadcast that's, I don't know, what's driving This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thousands of motorists were brought to a standstill when police conducted a massive roadblock to find three crime suspects. Twelve lanes of traffic shut down. Swarms of armed government agents 
combed through a giant traffic jam performing warrantless vehicle-to-vehicle searches. It's all for your safety. When you see the footage from above, it's amazing. Miles of cars were stranded. Motorists confined to their vehicles. No explanation for more than an hour. People trying to get out, exiting their vehicles to see what was going on, met with hostility from the police. Uh, One lady even reported she was opening her door to vomit and the police were like, close your door. The motors were approached by armed agents, ordered at gunpoint. I don't necessarily know that they were being pointed at them, although it's very possible. The pictures I always saw were just, you know, officers carrying rifles. They weren't necessarily pointing them, but I'm sure that they were ready to at all times. Uh, to submit to these searches of the interior of their vehicles, uh, they were going car to car. Pop the trunk, pop the trunk as they were looking inside of the vehicles as well. Now, one man said the truck next to him called out uh, the police. They're looking for bank robbers. And a short time later, nine of the officers approached his car. <laughs> what did you get for hollering? Making yourself known. Uh, among their commands to the motorists, stay in your car, pop the trunk, get your hands up the steering wheel, get your hands up where we can see them. All for your safety. That's kind of, um, I don't know. I mean, it's darn near martial law. Now you say, no, Jeff, it's not. It's for your safety. Criminals were out there. You don't want the criminals trying. I'm driving down an interstate at 80 miles an hour. Is a criminal going to jump in my car? No. No, I got it. Jeff, they're on the highway. They're not trying to get in your car. They're trying to get away. And if they don't stop the traffic on the interstate, then they'll get away. Okay. All right, fine. But to... And look, we've given the write-up a long time ago, right? A DUI checkpoints, all of it. We've given that up a long time ago. So this just doesn't surprise me. It's just kind of frustrating that they're looking for would-be criminals and we're going to just stop traffic. I mean, the interstate, both ways, shut down blocked and they're going to tell you we're checking your car you can't say anything about it if you don't have anything to worry about what are you worried about if you're not doing anything what are you worried about Uh, how about no Uh, you know what no i'm not gonna pop my trunk be interesting to see what would happen i don't know death (laughs) several bullet holes comes to mind uh drug out of your car but it just the you know the police state is you think to yourself nah there can never be martial law this is America this is America there can never be martial law they shut down interstates they shut down this interstate and block you off you're done you're going to get home to your weapons no Not going to happen. It's just not. It's just a, it's unbelievable. Now, thankfully, you know, the bank, and, you know, for our safety, the bank robbery suspects are in custody. 
I-270 is reopened. Oh, goody. Goody, goody. Everything's okay then. We're all safe. And so are you. That's special. This drives me a little bit crazy. And, and you really, do you, I, I don't know that I want to be the one to say no. I mean, I want to be the guy that says, yeah, look, I'm not in there. I'm not the bank robber and I'm not harboring any kind of criminal. But I'm not going to open my trunk either. Okay, so I'm just going to be right here. Why are you pointing those rifles at me and starting to break into my car and drag me onto the road? Why? So, you know, it may be a little bit easier to just comply. <laughs> Say, sure. And I just popped it for you. Take a look. That will be right here. I'm going to, uh, okay, if I step outside to smoke, no, no, okay, I'll stay right here. I'm good. I'm good. Anybody need anything or you just want us to stay in the car? Come on now. Come on. So you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. Follow me on Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram, JeffyMRA. My Twitter account, as I'm looking through uh, notifications, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of things trending right now. My least favorite four words, and I made a quick scroll, and they didn't. Uh, my least favorite four words didn't show up yet. No, get off me, uh, and I hate hearing that. And uh, another person uh, commented on one of our promos uh, that aired uh, here on the Blaze Radio Network. That uh, talked about uh, what? What is the podcast? Forty acres and a mule, or what is it? Yeah, forty. What is it? Forty acres and a fool. Yeah, forty acres and a. F- it's not a mule. It's a fool. It's okay. It's close. Oh, we're coming off the end. I don't have time. All right, that's all right. But hey, he was commenting on my Twitter account saying that pregnant pig commercial was the best thirty seconds of commercials on the Blaze. So we'll have to give a listen and see if there are any pit eggs for uh, pig updates from 40 acres and a mule what's it what's the name of it again oh yeah yeah this is the jeff fisher show only on the blaze radio network Experiment was a success. Begin life force reboot program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Coming up immediately following this broadcast is uh, Lawrence Jones and then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Pags. This is your Saturday lineup here on the Blaze Radio Network. The National Football League. NFL abuse of painkillers and other drugs described in court filings. Now, 
you see that and you hear that and you say, um, oh my gosh. But the story continues. The National Football League teams violated federal laws governing prescription drugs, disregarded guidance from the Drug Enforcement Administration on how to store, track, transport, and distribute controlled substances, and plied their players with powerful painkillers and anti-inflammatories each season. This according to a sealed court document contained in a federal lawsuit filed by former players. I have a real problem with some of the former players that are going back to attempt to extort more money from the NFL. Federal law lays out strict guidelines for how teams can handle and dispense prescription drugs. Okay. We'll get back to that in a moment. The sealed court filings, which includes testimony and documents by team and league medical personnel, describes multiple instances in which team and league officials were made aware of abuses, record-keeping problems, and even violations of federal law and were either slow in responding or failed to comply. The filing, which was prepared by lawyers for the players suing the league, asserts that every doctor disposed so far has testified that they violated one or more federal drug laws and regulations while serving in their capacity as a team doctor. Anthony Yates, a Pittsburgh Steelers team doctor and past president of the NFL Physicians Society, testified in a deposition that a majority of clubs of 2010 had trainers controlling and handling prescription medications and controlled substances when they should not have. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. The horror. NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said the allegations contained in the court filings are meritless and the league and its clubs will continue to vigorously defend these claims. Now, as we go through this, just remember that this is, you know, not the NFL. This is up against the NFL. Now, the NFL will definitely put up their fight on this. It's pretty fascinating, though, that the NFL clubs and their medical staffs uh, are all in compliance with the Controlled Substance Act, said McCarthy in an email. Oh, what? They are? Yes. The NFL clubs and their medical staffs continue to put the health and safety of our players first, providing all NFL players with the highest quality medical care. Any claim or suggestion to the contrary is simply wrong. And I will say, that in my experience, uh, though briefly, uh, with the NFL through my oldest son, uh, that is true. World class, from top to be top to bottom. Uh, you know, then when they kick you to the curb, it's over. Have a nice day. <laughs> Good luck. God bless. But while you're inside, the, when you're inside the the fence, no problem. As soon as they kick you over the other side of the fence, uh, have a, what's your name again? I don't know who you are. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Uh, some of the allegations, uh, the details, and communications were unearthed by lawyers representing more than eighteen hundred former professional football players who are suing the league in the U.S. District Court of Northern California, claiming they suffer from long-term organ and joint damage, along with other maladies, as a result of improper and deceptive drug distribution practices by the NFL. Is that why? Is that why? It couldn't be that you were 
I don't care what it is. I don't want to feel the pain. Get me on the field so I can get my paycheck wrong with me, is it? Couldn't be that. No. And now you've decided, you know, that probably was kind of dumb. So I could sue somebody. The material was collected by the player's attorneys as part of a discovery process in the case, of course. The attorneys redacted large portions of the 127-page complaint. Uh, Both parties had agreed to do so under the court-approved protective order, sealing. There was some mistake and technical error, and they've got this information was able to get out. The filing solely reflects the ex-players' claims against the NFL's 32 teams. Um, The plaintiff's attorney said he would not comment. The court filing reveals that teams dispensed painkillers and prescription strength anti-inflammatories in numbers far beyond anything previously acknowledged or made public. In the calendar year of 2012, for example, the average team prescribed nearly 5,777 doses of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and 2,213 doses of controlled medications to its players, according to a March 2013 internal document. Now, on the surface, 5,000 doses of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, yeah, ibuprofen, now, those numbers, according to this, average out to about six to seven pain pills or injections a week per player over the course of a typical NFL season. All right. Now, of course, they're saying, well, wait, 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 wait. Uh, they were probably not distributed evenly over the entire roster. And just as unlikely that team log represents a full extent. Oh, so they're, it, wait, it's probably not the entire team and the NFL is lying. So. I mean, that couldn't be right. But think about that for just a second, right? So you've got 32 NFL teams, 53-man roster on the teams. right? And you've got, I think, five practice squad players. So the league with 53 players a team, you got almost 1,700 players. More, you know, a little over 1,700 with the practice squad. 20 weeks is a season. So even we say 16 weeks, right? 16 weeks. Uh, seven days a week, 112 days. So if you cut the players, you know, each team has 53 players, right? So you just do with that. And you've got what? Uh, 5,707 anti-inflammatories. Right? So that's like... Uh, I don't know. I really don't. I'm trying to do the numbers in my head. I don't know that it certainly doesn't seem right. You've got 112 days, 53 players. So 50, 51 anti-inflammatories a day, right? For 112 days. So that's less than one a day per player. The horror. And the uh, controlled medication, 2000, 213 at 112 days, uh, 19, that's less, stop it, stop it. It sounds like an incredible amount of intervention with some pretty risky drugs. 
Yeah. Some of which, in the case of Vicodin, have high addiction potential. Yes, they do. Uh, Arthur Kaplan, director of the Division of Medical Ethics at New York University's Medical Center and co-founder of NYU Sports and Society Program. It makes you think, are the physicians looking out for the health of the players, or are they just trying to keep them on the field? I would say uh, both. That's their jobs. Their job is to keep them as healthy as possible and keep them on the field to do their job. That's your job. Now, I'm well aware the addiction of opioids is a over the top. We're all in trouble. We're going to hell for using them. I know. But they work. I've had knee replacements, knee surgeries, shoulder surgeries. Uh, it amazingly helps human beings get through the day. Amazingly. So if you're a human being doing a providing for society, you're going out, you're working, you're raising a family, you're paying your bills, and oh my God, you have to take an opioid to be able to walk to work. I don't think that's a bad thing. I personally do not think that's a bad thing. I know I'm, I, you know, there's plenty of people that disagree with me. They're wrong. Drug experts who reviewed the data for the Post cautioned that a thorough understanding of the league's use of pain medication is limited without knowing the exact dosages, types of controlled substances administered, and whether all the players on the team were consuming the medications or whether a smaller number accounted for a larger percentage. Well, of course, it's going to be a little bit of a smaller number, right? The players, I don't know, that play. Um, I don't know if you watch football at all, but it's large humans hitting other large humans. We enjoy it. We pay money to watch it. They get paid very well to do it. If they're not doing it, they don't get paid. So if they're ingesting things that make them help them to do it, oh well. Now I know, and I even I have that argument with uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs too, but that's different than what this is. Okay. Now, although they're saying that this is darn near. Uh, performance enhancing because we're overfilling them with uh, with painkillers so they don't feel the pain. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. When a guy 6'5", 330 pounds is coming at you full steam with a 10-yard run and hits you, it hurts. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Now, the complaint alleges that NFL teams plagued by prescription drug problems for decades. The league's former drug advisor issued a report in 1990. 1990. I mean, that's another lifetime ago. Uh, This is back in 1990. He said some clubs don't seem to know which drugs are controlled substances, and some don't apparently understand the necessity and law, in parentheses, to keep dispensing laws as an internal audit. Now, this is 1990. All right. A lot of things have changed since 1990. I mean... In 2014, another league document, NFL Prescription Drug Program Advisory Committee, uh, the NFL Prescription Drug Program Advisory Committee Major Findings and Recommendations email reported that non-physician administration and or dispensing of medication occurs at many clubs. 
Federal law bars non-licensed team personnel, such as athletic trainers, from dispensing medication. I know there's going to be medical professionals out there that say, uh, Jeff, that's the way it should be, but that's just dumb. The trainers, I know they're not doctors. It's the law. I got it. Federal law bars non-licensed team personnel, such as trainers and dispensing medication. The complaint cites multiple instances in which clubs were warned about this practice, including letters from Brown to the Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans. In 2010, the DEA crackdown began on the league's practices. After San Diego Chargers player caught in a traffic stop was found to be in possession of 100 doses of Vicodin. One player had 100 doses of Vicodin, and the entire NFL is at fault. It's unbelievable. Now, the doctor of the San Diego Chargers, uh, David Chow, uh, left uh, in 2013. They called for his ouster. The DEA, the DEA scrutinized his practices, and the California State Medical Board revoked his license. And then they put him on a five-year probation. And some of this is, uh, you know, Chow is still fighting it and still, uh, um, so he denied issuing the Vicodin to the player. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, he said, she said, but again, I go back to, okay, so even if, okay, so now instead of just one player, one doctor in the NFL's history was over giving players extra prescriptions. The horror. Now. What they're trying to do now is they have set up a, th- a set up a, a way for uh, out of town doctors to be at the stadium and prescribe for the teams. I mean, okay. In January 2012, Daniel Cooper, the Dallas Cowboys team doctor, wrote his congressman urging a change to the Controlled Substances Act that would accommodate NFL teams. Cooper stated that for decades, under current law, team doctors have illegally yet unknowingly, transported and administered medications to injured players while covering games away from home. Okay. So they're still, I mean, are they not going to do it? Uh, Really? I, I, oh, you have to wait eight hours. I know, I know, I know you've been hit like a freight train and you hurt, but we've got to get back home and you're just going to have to be in pain. <laughs> Sorry. It's the way it is. In November 2010, uh, the Bengals trainer wrote to his counterpart with the Detroit Lions complaining about a new program. The new program, which has uh, started to, uh, hadn't taken place yet. They were just instituting it in 2010. It wasn't going to come into compliance until 2015 called the Visiting Team Medical Liaison Program. Right? That's where they have the physicians from that town take care of it for the away team. Uh, the Bengals trainer wrote to his counterpart, the Detroit Lions, complaining about the new program. Uh, Until that new program is actually in effect, we'll continue to do as we've done for the past 42 years. I sure would like to know who blew up the system that worked all these years. So, okay, while damning that's you know, like, it's just nobody likes change, right? He's pissed. He's got to change what he's been doing. 
He's worked in the NFL for 100,000 years. He's been doing it forever. He's a trainer. He does what he wants. He takes care of the players. Somebody's hurt, you know, moved his cheese. He's pissed. So it took effect until 2015. The DA again applied pressure. According to the deposition, a Steelers doctor cited in the lawsuit the impetus was a series of DEA raids conducted in October of 2014 to see whether teams were traveling with controlled substances. Are we serious? We're raiding NFL teams because they might have they might have some doses of Vicodin. Um, amazingly, though, uh, none of them were carrying the controlled substances. Huh. Now, it couldn't be that they just don't do it. Or it could be that the lawsuit states the NFL was tipped off by the DA by a DA, DEA employee in advance. Now, you know, the odds that those, uh, they're not carrying anything, probably pretty low. But because they weren't, I mean, well, they had to have been tipped off, right? Right. Of course. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, the story goes on and on and on. Um, Former players also allege in the complaint that they weren't always sure what medicines they were taking and weren't advised of the risks because team doctors uh, and trainers failed to inform them. Um, you're an NFL player. And I know I got a break, and we'll get out of here. I'm up against the clock. We still got, they still talk about, there's some other fascinating stuff here about the Toradol uh, that they take. But you're an NFL player, and you need something for the pain. And the doc says, Here, take this. Is it up to the doctor to say, uh, the doctor says this will uh, this will deaden the pain. But first, let me explain all the possible side effects that you could have. No, I don't think so. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. There's so much, so much to this NFL uh, drug story. It's really, really fascinating. I'll post it on my Twitter account and my Facebook page. But they talk about uh, how much Tordal is uh, dispensed along with the Vicodin to get players on the field. And it just is amazing to me that the players who have wanted to play and got paid and continued to play, and yet now they're pissed because, oh my gosh, I took these pills and I took these shots to play, and I didn't realize that this could do this to me. Play football, that's all I wanted to do. Now play me some more money, please. Okay. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Two days ago, two days ago, the uh, our, our beloved legislators, uh, a congressional committee, 
Um, they're fine, fine men serving the United States of America, has asked the NFL and the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration to answer to allegations made in the lawsuit. You will answer the questions. We want to know. Did non-physician trainers at any time administer or dispense Toradol or any controlled substance to former or current NFL players? In cases in which prescription medications were administered or dispensed, were NFL players provided with all information regarding the drugs they were given, including dosage amounts, possible side effects, and reasons for the receiving of the drugs? Did the NFL maintain records of all prescription drugs, including any controlled substances, administered or dispensed to each NFL player? If so, whose job was it to collect those records, and are they still in the NFL's possession? What DEA guidance did the NFL receive regarding the storage, transport, and distribution of controlled substances? And has the NFL followed all DEA guidance? Please also provide a list and timeline of subsequent actions taken by the NFL officials in response to all DEA guidance. That's your government at work right there. I love them. God bless them. The world is coming to an end. We care more about the NFL dispensing drugs to its players than we do about women killing babies. (gasps) Did I say that out loud? It's okay. It's okay. We're still good with, with, uh, still good that we, let women kill babies from their bodies. But an NFL player took an extra dose of Vicodin. The hell! The horror! Come on now! If we, if we want to bring the NFL down, we'll do it. That's what they want. Bring it down. Bring it down because... Excuse me, um, I just got hit really hard. I've got 30 seconds to get back in the game, and my knee really hurts a lot. Could you explain to me what this particular medication will do and the reactions it could have in 25 years in my body, please, before I take it and get back out on the field? You have 20 seconds. Or are you just going to uh, give me the shot, and I'll get back on the field? Uh, I'm guessing give me the shot. Oh, yep, because that's what happened. And now it's down the road, and it's, you know, some of that, not only am I having problems with joints and bones, you know, from playing football, uh, some of the problems that I had with some of the drugs that I over overused uh, while I was playing is now affecting some of my body. Or Oh, no. Oh, no. Man, if only I would have known, I would have still said yes. It just, just drives me crazy. So earlier this week, I am uh, just kind of scrolling through my Facebook timeline. And uh, as interesting as that is, whew, man, and it is. It is interesting, fascinating. I come across a guy that uh, I used to talk to from time to time uh, when I lived in uh, Tampa. And he questioned why in Tampa, Florida, and inside Tampa City Limits is a place called Ybor City. And it's you know, it's a party place. Heck, when I first moved to Tampa, it was just a place where you go to haggle for thrift clothes and and old bars, and then it turned into a nightclub haven and a party area. And uh, it's still, you know, the the original Cuban area of Tampa, uh, Ybor City. But when it first started, uh, you know, how many ever dozens of years ago, decades ago, it uh, was where people came to live, and there's still wild chickens 
roaming around Ybor City. And his question on the Facebook timeline was that of, where did these chickens come from and why are they still here? So Chuck in Florida.com, who joins us uh, from time to time on the broadcast, uh, lives in Tampa Bay. And not only does he bring us some strange stories from the state of Florida, I was wondering if you have an answer to the Ebor City chickens. Greetings, Jeffy, from Tampa, Florida, the home of wild chickens running free in Ebor City. Do you have an answer of where they come from and what they're doing, or are you just... Well, funny you should say that. I've looked into the matter, and it appears that the chicken population is protected in Ebor City. So, I mean, I can't... What if they drop an egg? Can I eat the egg? Well, they didn't say anything about, you know, massacring their young. I'm sure you can uh, scramble as many of them as you like. But you can't kill the chickens. You can't kill the chickens. Uh, Ebor marches to save wild chickens, as a matter of fact. Uh, They've had uh, residents that think that um, somehow or another they're an icon, uh, you know, and they do. They run free everywhere. They tear up the parking lots and all the uh, um, landscaping that's done by the city. They're a huge menace down there. I had a studio right off one of the uh, maiden drags there in Ebor off of 7th Avenue. And that place continually just, I mean, chicken poop everywhere, chicken uh, uh, feathers flying through. And, and they're, I mean, in every yard, you could hear roosters crowing up and down all times of the day. Um, and, I would and they say are, that, uh, you know, I, I remember living in, uh, one, in one neighborhood in St. Petersburg that had a couple of guinea hens running around. And those oh yeah, and they're weird and, too. Yeah, they're yeah. Really loud, nasty little birds, and but, mean. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> they're meaner when you try to get them off your porch. Yeah, exactly. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, but chickens it, have it, no boundaries. Chickens, I know, but heads. chickens. You think like if I had a bunch of chickens in my yard, I would say that uh, from time to time. Hey, didn't you have twenty chickens here? Nope. No. Only Ten. had those. <laughs> What you see is what I've got. I don't know what's happening to them, but they're disappearing. (laughs) I mean, they would. I I know residents down there are are feeding the chickens, and some of the shop owners actually have pet chickens that they they tend to in their own areas. I don't care what you do in your own shop. You can call it whatever you want. Okay. That's right. But we're talking (laughs) for it. I'm talking about the chickens, the birds. I don't care what the shop owners are doing. No, the birds. Time. The birds are Never. everywhere, and you know, I, I, you I used get to that keep chicken, chickens in Tampa. I, I I used to have a a, a yard full of chickens going. in the back. Not a good hobby. Just saying, there's a lot of work involved, a lot of noise. Um, your neighbors aren't very fond of you anymore. Plus, chickens. Um, you know, you gotta have a lot of chickens to create eggs. I don't know if you know this. Uh, people think you get a chicken and then you're you're no. good for eggs. One chicken ain't dropping a bunch of eggs. You get six chickens, you're going to have three to four eggs every day except for molting Maybe. season, which is like three months. And, yeah, you might as well go to the damn store. They're cheaper and fresher. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, really. Buy the eggs from the store. I'm saying as much as feed costs and the care and time involved in chickens, unless you live on a farm where you can have 50 of them, forget about it. It's just not uh, – it doesn't equal off. Wow. That's just me. I don't think that's what they tell me on 40 Acres and a Mule on the yeah, podcast well, that we have here on Blaze Radio. <laughs> 40 Acres and a Fool, Jeffy. Fool. 
I'm oh. just saying. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I keep getting that screwed up, fool. Mule, same well, thing. you bring up mules, and I'm waiting on my tiny horse. I want uh, I want one of those miniaturized horses. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about that later. I'm definitely getting one of those. Remember the commercial with uh, the guy that had the, the miniature giraffe as a... As that a, was funny. A, yes. The Russian guy, want, yeah. Everybody wants one of those. Absolutely. Wants little, if I had a giraffe the size giraffe of a small dog, that would, those yeah, things would be, be dangerous. Cool. No, they'd be dangerous. So <laughs> those things start breeding. About twenty of those come in here, you're dead. <laughs> Stampede of tiny yeah. giraffe. Oh man! All They're, about crotch level. You know. Are, <laughs> yeah, you're dead. So, I mean, what do you, do you have any stories for us, Chuck? Or are you just been wandering about chickens now? Yeah, I mean, sure. I, we I mean, can go into stories. <laughs> you have some weird stories from Florida for me from ChuckinFlorida.com or. Every week I mean, we have weird stories from Florida. Uh, I, I'm kind of fond of this one. Pinellas County, right next to Tampa. Man shot at deputies and killed his mom's fiance after fight over donuts. Uh, I mean, this, who, who hasn't come fought on. over donuts? Who hasn't been there, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, apparently, Jeffrey Falsey was taken into custody Wednesday. Deputies said he shot more than 30 rounds at him. Uh, wow. He sent mom off to the store to pick up some donuts. Apparently, she wasn't fast enough because he shot her fiance. Um, whatever happened, so wait, it did not now, end he sends, well. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. He sends mom <laughs> off for donuts. Right. Mom is off getting donuts, and he gets mad at the. At, well, mom, at mom's I guess. boyfriend. Just, yeah. And shoots him, and it's over donuts? It apparently was over donuts. And again, this is a case where the guy has issues and he was off his meds. Um, you know, they were familiar with the man and the police shows up. So it was about donuts. Yeah. Let's call it about donuts because really the guy doesn't take his medication. Right. And, and we wonder why there's problems at these places where all these people are on mind altering drugs prescribed by doctors that know everything they need to know about this guy's brain. Apparently. Oh, uh, we're not going to start yeah. beating up doctors and prescribe prescription. No, doctors. Can, you want to go into dentists? They I can prescribe whatever they want. Okay. I can talk to you about dentists all day long. <laughs> I know how you love a dentist. Dentists are criminals. <laughs> and there's, there's not, dental school breeds criminals. You know that. Don't get me. I mean, if you want to open up that point for you, if Jeff, you want to open up that door, we'll go down it. <laughs> what else? What else? Speaking what of else? opening up doors, here's a woman who almost crashed her car when a snake crawled out of her air conditioning vent. Oh yeah, I Only hate that. in Florida. Oh man, yeah, that'd be nasty. That would that would scare you, no question. I remember I, the first I, time I ever saw when we, when I first moved to Florida. Yeah, we were living. Uh, I moved. Uh, my first wife and I were living in a house in Pinellas County, actually in Seminole. And I remember sitting outside the back porch by the pool. Mm. And we, I may have had, I may have been drinking in those days. Might and, have and doing a, some a other things two, huh? in those days. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, just uh, you know, sitting there partaking in a few substances and uh i remember seeing the the, the florida black snake yeah uh you can't kill you're not supposed to or you're not supposed not to kill supposed to. yeah supposed to. I, I mean they're they, they're they good snakes they eat yeah. bugs they don't hurt you they they're, they're fine <laughs> you know yeah i mean they don't hurt you they're, they're good right. for the environment you bet and but i remember the first time seeing one slither along the side of the house that we were at and we were you know partaking in a few beverages and substances Sure, sure. That bastard is dead. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, we hunted it down. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, open snake that, season. They, then I yeah, realized, got, then, I, yeah, then I found out you can't. You're not supposed to do that. So really, it's not dead, and I didn't kill it, and nothing happened to it. In nothing fact, happened. We put it, in fact, a, we kept it and petted it and became a pet. 
Yeah, yeah, but just now, like this. It, uh, rat it died snake, of right? it died of old age just yesterday, <laughs> and so, so we lost yeah. it. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I mean, yeah. those things, poof, man, they they shock you. And then after a while, they have their babies, and you oh, got to right. save them because they get in the pool and they get in the pool filter and they die. So that's why they have like eighteen billion babies because seventeen billion die. Yes, and so there's only a billion left to propagate. Correct. I know. Yeah. Correct. Which but is what fun we watching need. in More Florida. They, in Florida, right? Yeah, I mean, in Florida, the black, Florida black snakes. I mean, they've sunned themselves in the summer out in the yard and stuff. I mean, they're oh, really yeah, cool yeah. snakes. But unless so you the know red rat that, snakes. yeah, the red you, rat snakes are what ca- crawled out of this lady's vent, and apparently oof. she was shocked, slammed the car in reverse. The snake kind of got her. injured. She. Uh, this is my favorite part of the story. She takes it to a vet to see if uh, you know maybe they could help help the snake. And I, I'm serious, lady, honestly. <laughs> And uh, the vet says, yeah, we just mainly neutered dogs. Sorry. You know, they, they euthanized the snake. But uh, the vet wasn't That's willing people to. people get in trouble. They right? Try, they try to help. Yeah. Just, just try to do a good deed after away. you damn near kill a snake in your car. Right. She can MF get... and snakes coming out of my MF and car, you know. <laughs> right. What kind of car is an MF and? I don't know. But apparently it's one, that, you know, like a movie and, and the planes and snakes on a plane. This is The Jeff Fisher Show On the Blaze Radio Network The Jeff Fisher Show On the Blaze Radio Network if you're just tuning in now on the Blaze Radio Network, you missed a ChuckInFlorida.com. I had so much more to talk to Chuck about, and he just went away. I lost it, and uh, man, we'll try to get to him, get him back on the line. So on Twitter, that you can follow me on at JeffyMRA. Uh, I'm tweeted at that pregnant pig commercial is the best thirty seconds of commercials on the Blaze. Any pig updates? Question mark. So here's the promo for 40 acres and a mule. A fool. I know it's a fool. Stop. Don't look at me like that. I got it. I got it. Here's the promo. Podcasts that make you think, what well, is the entire It's been a fairly quiet week on the farm. We still have a hugely pregnant pig. Every day, this pig just gets bigger and bigger. Ready for download now. I mean, I wanna... Meanwhile, the pig's getting bigger and we're down a couple of chickens. Yeah, oh yeah, that's the other news. Uh, we are down to three hens. And guess what? It's free. Check out 40 Acres and a Fool at theblaze.com slash radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If that doesn't make you want to listen to that podcast, I don't know what will. I mean, he... Th- amazing. Amazing. I mean that. With every ounce of amazing in me. I mean, 40 acres and a mule, baby. That's what you, I mean, a fool, a fool, a fool. I got it, I got it. It's 40 acres and a, you know, a pig pregnant eating chickens down a couple of hens. We, I, you know, when I was a kid on the farm growing up, uh, I remember killing chickens. I remember having a chicken coop, dirty, nasty. ChuckInFlorida.com is right. But I can remember between the milk house and the garage and the chicken coop, 
and the little downslope hill where you just you cut their heads off up top and they run around down below until they fall over. Man, and then we're having we're having chickens till till the end of time, baby. What's for dinner? The heck do you think is for dinner? <laughs> Look down there in that dirt. Go pluck me some chickens. That's what we're having for dinner. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the broadcast, my friends. Welcome to the broadcast. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you wish to participate. Lawrence Jones is standing by to take over the helm immediately following this broadcast. And then Mike Slater, Joe Pags, all rounding out your Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. Sundays, you get a little David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie Daly. And then Monday through Friday, we're right back at it again for you, live. You know, for the most part. Hey. You know, for the most. We're live Monday through Friday until we're not. And then we're live and then we're not again. So that's my lineup. You're welcome. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram at JeffyMRA. And I have failed you by not going to see what my actual Snapchat is, but I believe it's JeffyMRA. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Hold on. I, got, I'm like, I have to know now. I know I have a Snapchat. Because my kids are constantly, my children are constantly playing with a stupid thing with their filters. Oh, look at this. We put horns coming out our butt. Can we take a picture of it? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Ha, ha, ha. And there's flowers coming out of my ears. There it is, Snapchat. Log in. How can I log in? I don't even know what it is. Username. Okay, let's try at Jeffy MRA. At Jeffy. Type would be dangerous. F F. You know, I put on a OtterBox Shield glass on my phone, which works great. But when it gets cracked, you know, you have to replace it. Just letting you know. The main the main crystal on your phone doesn't crack, so it's good. You keep the phone. However, you have to re- still have to replace the OtterBox when it gets cracked. <laughs> Otherwise, you can't. Can't type the way you normally would type. You have to pass. Okay, password. What would be my password? Uh, M O Z Z eighty five dash three. Amazingly, that's not the password. <laughs> it's got to be at Jeffy MRA. That's got to be. That's got to be it on my Snapchat. So you can Snapchat me there. I'll have my I'll have my kids tell me what it is today. <laughs> Come on, log me in. What is it? And then uh, then I'll have it. Okay, so I'll have the filter for you then. So we are fascinated. We cannot, and I say we, it's more me really, but we in America are just fascinated with sex. 
We can't get enough. And I, most of the time in my life, I'm like, and? Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I made money as a, I probably shouldn't tell that story. When I was about the age of my youngest son now, I needed to have some sort of income. All right. Now, being an entrepreneur that I am, I, and you know me, you think of Jeff Fisher, you think of the entrepreneur. <laughs> I know I think of manure, but it's something, I like to put something in front of it. And uh, there was a friend of mine. He used to deliver newspapers in the neighborhood, and he would pick up the newspapers behind this drugstore every day. Well, once a month, the drugstore would throw out outdated pornography magazines and outdated cigarettes. Okay? We lived like kings. <laughs> we lived like kings. And, you know, I may have sold a few of those particular items for some money, so I had some spending cash. I mean, you know, what are you going to You're going to smoke all the cigarettes and look at all the porn? No. Well, you look, you do look at the porn. Don't get me wrong. But you don't. I mean, after a while, you're bored with that. <laughs> so we're fat. I mean, we've been fascinated with sex forever here in America. There's no question. There's no question. So when you read articles about if you want a promotion, have daily orgasms. New study reveals regular sex makes you more productive, better at your job, and more likely to move up the ladder. Okay. Uh, Okay. New study. Teens opting for porn. It's less risky than actually having sex. And then you want to tell me that the robot lady that wants to marry the robot is crazy? I think not. She's, we can't handle human touch anymore. No human touch. If you sleep naked tonight, (laughs) it's what you need to do. It's beautiful. The effect we'll have on your body will be wonderful. Yeah, I'll be cold. Okay. I'll be cold. The key to better sex, circumcision. Men who haven't gotten the snip should consider it if they want to improve their performance in bed. Are you kidding me? As an adult male, no thank you. No thank you. Millions of adult men are being urged to have circumcisions. Uh, You know what? No thanks. I'm good. Now I get the whole thing because as you haven't done, if you, if you're circumcised and I understand the process and you do it as a little baby, it's a, a little painful and the baby uh, tends to, you know, scream and holler. Think about how you're going to scream and holler as an adult, as a baby, we overlay. That's just a kid crying. Let him cry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know we cut your thing. Sorry. I know we cut all that skin off and it's bleeding, but don't worry about it. Just cry it out. You're a little baby. We don't care. And we like to be able to say, oh, yes, he just got circumcised. Leave him be. 
Oh, did he get the clip? Yeah. But as an adult, no, thank you. No. No. Now, according to the United Nations, and God love them, I mean, they just, we want to live by what they say. Um, it's going to save lives. Uh, it's a health crisis. So even though there is discomfort for the most sensitive regions of the body, um, severe pain is rare and it needs to be done. Um, pain is mild to moderate after. So, uh-huh. uh-huh. Right. Listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick this knife right in your eye. Now, some people have said that they didn't even feel it. Some people have said that. So, hey, you should be fine. No, thank you. No. No, if you are an adult, I mean, if you, you look, if you want to, if you decide as an adult, you know, I got nothing to do this weekend. I should get circumcised. God bless you. Bless you, my son. Bless you, my son. But if you ask me to decide, you know, Jeff, you'd be a lot better circumcised. I would say no. I would say no, no. You know what? You just, I'm good. I'm good. Because I know that, you know, if you have, uh, if you... Have any work done? That whole area. Uh, it's a little bit more than uh, moderate pain, moderate discomfort. It's it hurts. It hurts. And so when the doc comes to you and says, hey, "You know, now a lot of men are really." Really thinking about it, and they really—it's it's upping their sex game. I mean, that forget the UN, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. It's, you know, it's more sensitive, and you could really uh, satisfy, and you'll be—you'll be able to satisfy and be satisfied better. Oh, really? Yes, It'd be great. And your ability to perform will be better. It'll be just be a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How about you keep that little snip, snip thing to yourself? Because I felt bad enough about the baby. You know, I feel bad enough about the baby. I really do. And then you get some docs who I've seen, not that I've seen pictures, but you see some docs that don't do it right. And then you may have to go back and get it fixed later. I mean, what is that? Doc says I got to get it fixed. Nope, I'm fine with it just the way it is. Thanks. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. No. 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 
get out. I know you've heard this before. Get out. I don't care. Leave it open. Leave it open. Oh, uh, no, don't leave the door open. I won't know what to do. I mean, first of all, coming up after this broadcast is Lawrence Jones. His show is noon to 3 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. He gets here and he putzes around and then he gets cocky and he starts thinking, oh, if I just talk a little bit more, I'll get some more promotion because Jeff will put me on his show. So people will know about my show. I tell them already, Lawrence, about your show. There's no need to come in and try to horn in and get promotion and try to people. We, you know, we understand you're on the air after this broadcast. And doggone it, it's good too. Because man, what you said last week was was great. You know, we all listened a lot. So one of the things that I haven't had a chance to get to that. I'm looking forward to getting for the kids is the coloring book, uh, Tony, the tampon, uh, man, are we going to have some fun this weekend? I'm going to go out looking for it. And the kids and I are going to get down and get the crayons out and color together. It's the Tony, the tampon book that teaches, Hey, men get periods too. Oh man. Don't they? Now, originally you say, uh, well, no, they don't. No, they don't. Well, haven't you ever been told, yes, they do? Haven't you ever been, seriously? You know, you look at me like that, like I'm crazy. Haven't you ever been with your girlfriend or your wife and they, they tell you, oh, you're at their time again. Their time. See, I told you, you get one too. You've lived with each other long enough. I mean, really? You never had that happen? Now, I will say that I don't know that I want a coloring book teaching my kid that. The Tony, the, I, uh, first of all, I got to find the actual coloring book here. Tony the Tampon, the adventure. I'm sorry, the Adventures of Tony the Tampon, a period coloring book. Now, a lot of people are saying, "Hey, this is child abuse." <laughs> I say, "No, come on now, stop." It's a coloring book. Teaching children that even men or boys can have periods is scientific malpractice. Okay, Doc. Come on. Now, the adventures of Tony the Tampon is being marketed as a way to smash the taboo about periods through the eyes of a fictional character. 20 hand-drawn pages. Tony's adventures with friends. And I bet you he's got some great friends. Tony the Tampon. Tony, look, there's my friend, the toilet. Oh, boy. Come on. Oh, look, there's my... No, I don't even want to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop thinking about Tony the Tampon Friends. Because they... I haven't seen the actual coloring book yet, but I can come up with some pretty good friends. I want to do it. Now, let's just talk about the person who created this. Clemmer. If you know someone who looks like a man, has a monthly menstruation period, that person is really a woman. Well, that would be a perfect description. Oh, what? Yes. She authored, my parenting experience runs all over the map. I'm a mother of a birth daughter. I'm a mother of a birth daughter. 
I have cared for several foster daughters, some of whom were pretty disturbed. But you're not disturbed at all, Tony the Tampon Coloring Book. Does nothing to help explain either. Clemmer said she wanted to create an interactive and humorous way to normalize menstruation. (laughs) Right? And if there's nothing normalizes menstruation like laying down on the floor and coloring with the kids. The Adventures of Tony the Tampon. Come on now. Are we really are we really that far along? Really? Okay. We have time for a couple. I've got a couple of you decides. I've got a couple of you decide whether what you think or not, all right? Uh, you decide what you think. First, there's a story about a girl who I believe the story cannot be true. I, this cannot be a true story. A pregnant 19-year-old Texas woman fatally struck by a train while having photos taken of her on the tracks trying to get her modeling career. I don't think it's real. Okay? It can't be real. It can't be. She's 19. Right? She was standing between two sets of tracks. So she's she's getting her picture taken according to the story. She's standing between two sets of track and she says, "Oh, here comes a train." And steps to the other track, but another train was coming on those tracks, and that's the train that hits her? That cannot be real. I mean, the photographer should be held for manslaughter, if that's actually, if that's a real story. Now, she's 19. She's already got a kid. She's got a 7-year-old son, right? Clinton, the father of a 7-year-old. Oh, no, that's not her. That's her That's her fiancé. So she doesn't have the 7-year-old kid. I was thinking, she had a kid when she was 12? No, that's her fiancé. So... Uh, the boyfriend, 25, is going to be a dad again because he's already got a seven-year-old. And congratulations to you. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that if this is actually a true story, but I don't, it cannot be true. It can't, it can't be. The photographer or the person getting their picture taken isn't standing in two tracks going, oh, here comes a train, let me step out of the way, and then I'll step in front of another train. That's a cartoon, man. That's not real. That's not real. And perhaps, um, perhaps, if this is a true story, she said that uh, she went to uh, uh, college, but she wanted to put her education on hold to begin modeling. Perhaps. This is just me. She may have not wanted to put her education on hold. Because if that's a true story, she needed some more education. Okay? I mean, I was, if it's true, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for the family's loss. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm sorry. But it, I just, I'm not buying it. I do not buy that it's true. Oh, look. Look out. Here comes a train. And you step off that track into another oncoming train. That's a cartoon, man. That is not real. Stop it. That is not real. How much time do we have? You decide. We only have a minute. I don't have time for my other you decide. So I have another you decide we'll get to before the show ends. But that, that one right there, you decide whether it's real or not. You, I mean, it, if it's real, it just can't be. I, know I won't buy it. I won't believe that it's real. I won't. And if it's true, the photographer should be the photographer. Come on now. Look out. Here comes a train. 
Oh, let me move out of the way. Oh, there's another train coming from the other direction. I can't be real. It just can't be. I can't. I can't. I step this way. Step this way. The trains are coming. Trains, plural, are coming. Step this way. I'll just back off into another train. No, that's a cartoon. Sorry. I don't buy it. I don't. I don't believe that it's real. I don't believe it's real. You know what I believe was more real? Tony the Tampon. Okay. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. I was just told uh, a story about someone who uh, sent in a resume uh, for a job at a radio station and spelled disc jockey wrong. That tells me that the train story is probably real. All right. And I I now I might want to change my opinion on whether the train story is actually real. I was also given in the break. Tony the Tampon Coloring Book. Now I thought, is it only these pages? Is it only these pages, the Tony the Tampon? There's more of them, right? There's like 12 or something like that? Yeah, okay. So I've got only, I've got, so you weren't, I wasn't good enough for the entire coloring book. You just printed out the, the four pages. That's it. I mean, thank you, but why not all of them? I mean, why not do a complete job? <laughs> Thanks for the help, though. Appreciate it. Uh, we got one Tony, Tony the tampon coloring book where Tony is the cowboy. Wanted is I think the what is that the uterus? <laughs> so bad. And the next picture is uh, Tony the tampon uh, using the maxi pad at the skate park. That <laughs> uh, is outstanding. And then we have Tony the tampon in space. So great. I guess those are some sort of blood splat, space blood splats. I guess. I don't know. And then the last page that I got is hashtag uh, period FOMO. <laughs> At Tony the tampon. Oh, we'll have to tweet at Tony. I might have to start following at Tony the tampon. Hey, Tony. I'm having a party at my place. Want to come? Tony answers, I wish, but I can't. I'm on duty all week. Stop it. So what does Tony the tampon have to do with males having menstruation? I'm not quite sure I understand. But that, I guess, is just me. All right, so another you decide. Now, we had the lady with the train. All right. Uh, no problem. Uh, if you think it's real, it's real. And if the, I'm sure if it is real, the family is going, of course it's real. We lost our daughter, you fat. Why are you thinking that? Is, why are you making fun of our daughter? Uh, because I'm not making, actually, I'm saying that the person taking a picture of your daughter should be tried for manslaughter. Uh, because if, Hey, look out, here comes a train and 
the photographer allows your daughter to back herself into another train, someone's at fault. I mean, uh, I mean, I would personally, I would say somebody's got to pay. Somebody's got to pay, right? But that's just me. That is just me. So Tommy Lair on the Blaze Television Network was on the View. Fascinating. Fascinating show, The View. Let's give a listen. You call yourself a conservative, um, a conservative Republican and a constitutional conservative. First of all, just a second. I can't freaking take the show. (laughs) These ladies are, all, all of them are agonizing. Every single one of them. And Joy Bay, oh, I thought she quit for it. She went away. I thought she was going to go work on her comedy act or something. She's like a hundred. Go ahead. But you also consider yourself pro-choice, which is interesting to me because sixty-eight percent of conservative Joy Republicans Behar, are you? think that abortion should be legal across the board. No, I'm pro-choice, and oh. here's why: I am a constitutional, you know, someone that loves the Constitution. I am someone that's for limited government, and so I can't sit here and be a hypocrite and say I'm for limited government, but I think that the government should decide what women do with their bodies. I can sit here and say that as a Republican, and I can say, you know what, I'm for limited government. So stay out of my my guns. And you can stay out of my body as well. So I think it's... Well, you need uh, to go out and speak to women about that. I do. I do every day. Yeah. I do every day. Okay. And, you know, I, I get a lot of attacks Let's from go. conservative <laughs> women as well. Yeah. You know, I think it's... Uh, equal, Equal hate from all sides for well, me. you don't have any... You decide. You decide. That's all. I'm... You decide. No, 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 no. You're, no, 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 no. Michael Savage. Michael Savage, radio host. You know him, you love him. God bless him. Whacked out of his crazy mind. He knows it. He knows he is. It's fine. I, I listen to Michael from time to time, and he sucks me in, too. He sucks me in because he, he grabs me, and then I realize, oh, I, this is why I like Michael Savage. And then I remember, oh, yeah. About 15 minutes in, I go, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. It's Michael Savage. But he got me, right? That's what he does. Well, he was in a conference. I'm very sorry to hear this. I mean, he got into a fight. Some guy was uh, attacked him outside of a restaurant. You know how he always talks about going down to his little Italian restaurant by himself with him and his little stupid dog. And uh, that's all he ever goes with his dog, whatever the dog's name is. I'm sure it's in the story here. Yeah, Teddy. Anyway, and uh, so he's uh, so this guy's been stalking him apparently, uh, coming after him, and uh, confronts him outside of a restaurant. They get into a fight, get into a scuffle. According to the story, Michael, uh, you know, pushes him off and calls nine one one. Some guy from the restaurant comes out and tries to help and gets punched, and uh, they all stuck around to uh, face the police. Because they're all pissed. They're, oh, it's your fault. He said, no, it's your fault. He said, no, it's your fault. And uh, so apparently this guy has been, uh, uh, you know, been around and uh, uh, keeping Michael in his in his eyesight. Uh, and that's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I mean, you wonder, the next time uh, the man who runs this joint, Glenn Beck, tells me how much money he spends on security, I'm going to say good. Except that I'm not going to say good because I really want to raise. But... Um, 
I'm going to say good. Because that is insane. Now, would I, if I saw Michael Savage on the street, first of all, I'd say, Michael, lose the dog, bro. Okay. <laughs> Good to see him. I'll lose the dog. All right. I love you, bud. Dog's got to go. Second, he's like 100 now, right? I mean, I love Michael Savage. I really do. But he's like 100 years old. You're going to attack Michael Savage? Right? He's, he lives in Savage. He barely travels. He writes his books. He does his radio show. He's like a hundred. He can't walk to the restaurant with his stupid dog and have dinner and walk home without being accosted by some God stupid fan. That's agonizing. That's agonizing. Uh, you, you fans of, of radio people should know better. Stop it. Stop it. That having been said, I don't live in Dallas. Uh, I live in uh, New Mexico. And so if you ever wanted to find me, you can find me in New Mexico. Okay? And I don't come to the Mercury Studios in Irving, Texas every day. I come to Irving, Texas, New Mexico. And uh, so you can't find me there. Okay? There's no way that you can prove that I'm here. I mean, that's sad. Michael, I'm sorry. you got. I hope you're okay. Uh, apparently he's okay. Um, I did see in one story where immediately they were saying that he said he was okay. That's a bad move. That's a bad insurance move, man. You never want to say you're okay after an accident, after a fight like that. Because your first reaction is, hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. But no, you should. that should never be your first answer. Never. Because that always comes back to haunt you. Always. Because a year from now, Michael's like, oh, man, you know. That fight I got in, I really hurt my neck. You said you were fine. Pay for it yourself. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. What did we learn today? Not a damn thing. <laughs> Not one thing. We did learn, okay, the, the girl on the train tracks uh, that got hit, the pregnant girl, bless her heart, uh, that wanted to delay her education. Probably not the smartest of moves. Um, we found out that it's probably, we know that it's probably real, although I swear that it's not because it's almost, I mean, it's cartoonish, right? Hey, look out, here comes a train. Step back into another oncoming train. Come on now. Can't be real. Now, I, you know, people, yeah, it's probably real. People get killed on the tracks all the time, Jeff. That's why the railroad companies tell you, no, don't take your pictures on the tracks. I got it. People are still, everybody wants shots of train tracks. They're cool, okay? Everybody wants to be on the train tracks. I'm guessing that, you know, why don't they just put up like a, the railroad companies, they put up a track for photo ops. Photo op track next to the next to the, the the thing the crossing thing, so that at least you did when you hear the ding 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 here comes a train and you step off into the other side of the photo op track instead of hey here comes a train oh okay let me back up boom and there's videos all I mean all over YouTube where you can watch trains hitting animals 
Not that I've spent hours as they roll through after deer and moose. <laughs> and there's a new one. I uh, just hit my Twitter feed the other day from the snowstorm up north as the people are standing on the uh, on the dock waiting for the train on the ledge. And uh, they're all behind the yellow line. Okay, behind the yellow line. They're all there behind the yellow line. But that's uh, all full of snow. And the Amtrak train comes plowing through and blows them all over with the snow from the tracks. Really cool. Um, I mean, I, I look, I took the train for a long time from Pennsylvania into New York every day. Uh, the 601 Express, baby. Trenton, Trenton to Penn Station. <laughs> Three stops, baby. And uh, the, I love the regular the regular conductor we had was great, man, because he wanted to be there. He, pulled, he, was, he wanted to be on freaking time, man. Let's go. And he would get so pissed. When uh, if we were if there was a little delay, Am, their Amtrak tracks in that Northeast corridor, inside trail travel in the Northeast corridor, and uh, so the Amtrak trains get the right away. So sometimes New, NGT New Jersey New Jersey Transit has to wait. He was just so pissed. Apparently, there's been a delay. We're gonna have to wait here until the Amtrak passes. He would just be. T- he wanted to get into Penn Station, man. That's six hundred one Express. He was ready to rock and roll. Moving down those tracks. So we did, uh, I don't know what we're talking about here. We did, have, we have some people quoting some, uh, some friends of Tony, the tampon. Uh, first of all, hashtag, uh, friends of Tony, the tampon. It's Tony with an I. Okay. It's Tony with an I. Don't disparage Tony, the tampon with that Y, but it should be a Y because is that where the tamp? Oh, never mind. It is with an I, right? <laughs> it should be. I mean, the I is usually a female, right? I mean, that's what it usually is. But it should be a Y, actually. I mean, when you think about it. Right? Where does Tony the tampon go when he's working? Right? So with the help of uh, friends of Tony the tampon, David the douchebag, uh, Peggy period. Molly menstruation. <laughs> Gina, I don't even, never mind. And there's, I could go into it. We just do, you do your own. Come up with your own jokes. Okay. Friends of Tony the Tampon. Come up with your own jokes. Now I'm told that uh, the actual, the actual Coloring book is on the way to the studios. We are going to have a Facebook Live coloring extraordinaire uh, event with Tony the Tampon. We may even, you know what? These pages that I have in my hand right now, these four pages, I'm going to be coloring on Facebook Live right after this broadcast. Brad and I are going to get together, and we're going to color Tony the Tampon. And I, I really, I don't know if I want the, I don't know if I want to color Tony riding the pad at the at the uh, <clears throat> at the park or if I want to hey Tony I'm having a party at my place want to come I wish but I can't I'm on duty all week thank you those of you wondering, uh, you know, should I listen to the Jeff Fisher Show on podcast? No. You know what you should listen to on podcast? Podcasts that make you think, what if? It's been a fairly quiet week on the farm. We still have a hugely pregnant pig. Every day, 
this pig just gets bigger and bigger. Ready for download now or later. Meanwhile, the pig's getting bigger and we're down a couple of chickens. Yeah, oh yeah, that's the other news. Uh, We are down to three hens. And guess what? It's free. Check out that 40 Acres and a Fool at theblaze.com slash radio. Sound 40 Acres and a Fool. And Google or Play Music. Again? Fool, fool. Yeah, 40 Acres and a Fool. I got it. 40 Acres and a Fool. This broadcast, what they're talking about, though, you're not going to hear anywhere else. It's been a fairly quiet week on the farm. We still have a hugely See? pregnant pig. Every day, waiting for this the pig, pig to drop just piglets. gets bigger and bigger. Ready for download now or later. Meanwhile, the pig's getting bigger and we're down a couple of chickens. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, that's the other news. Uh, we are down to three hens. <laughs> 40 acres and a mule. That fool. I've got to get that right someday, right? Lawrence Jones is standing by to take over. Uh, Facebook Live will be will be uh, coloring uh, Tony the Tampon uh, in moments. Uh, go to the Blaze Facebook page. Brad and I will be coloring Tony the Tampon live. Huh? Wonder what color we'll use. Wonder what color will you? This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.